Hello, I'm Michael Grant, Senior Pastor of Faith Worship Center International right here in Columbus, Georgia, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast. Happy New Year to you. It's a new year, a new decade, it's a new era, a time for new things, and I'd like to share with you a new series entitled The Spoken Word. I'd like to show you through the Word of God how you can have what you say. So, get your Bible, prepare to take great notes, and let's dive into the Word of God together. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, that's where, we'll start, that's where we'll start out today. I kind of feel a need to teach, and if I get excited and start hollering, coaching, preaching, any of those types of things, y'all just bear with me. I just get excited about the Word of God. You know, some teams were excited this past weekend, just yesterday. Some of y'all was shouting and hollering at your TV, some for a good purpose, some for a not so good. Tomorrow is uh, today is going to be more of the same. And, you know, tomorrow is going to be pandemonium. It's going to be purple and orange and and purple and yellow or gold. It's going to be tigers, tigers, tigers and more tigers. And uh, but people are going to be releasing a sound. You're going to be able to hear it all over the city. You're going to hear it in your neighborhood. You're going to hear it in your neighbor's backyard. You're going to hear it in your living room, wherever the family room is. You're going to hear a sound. Somebody say you're going to hear a sound. And it's important that we understand what sound is about and that we release a sound as the people of God so that the earth can know what the heart of God is. I'm going to get there. I'm going deep too fast. Let me let me come back to shallow waters. Let me, like Brown said, teeter-totter a little bit before we launch out into these deep waters, all right? Matthew 6 and 10 is a familiar passage of scripture for us because we find that this is Jesus giving instructions to his followers as to how they ought to, keyword, communicate. We say pray. Uh, heaven calls prayer communication. Uh, that uh, the way that they should communicate with the Father in preparation for the fulfillment of his work. Okay, we missed that, so I'll have to do a little more work. So this, this point in time, Jesus is alive in human form. He has not yet given his life, life as an atonement for sin, and so he's instructing them how to pray or how to communicate with God before I fulfill my assignment. That's important for us to know as modern day believers, because if we're not careful, we'll still be praying after this manner. No, no offense. And it's not a wrong way to pray. Really, truth be told, as long as you're communicating respectfully with the father, there's not necessarily a right or wrong way to pray. But the model that Jesus gave may be an old wineskin as he has now transitioned into a new glorified form. Yeesh, 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 yeesh. Boy, this is good talk. And so and so the posture that he's instructing them, he says, now here's the manner that I would have you communicate. Uh, and that is you communicate directly with the father. The Bible says uh, uh, in verse number nine, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Don't pray to me. Don't pray to the Holy Spirit. Don't pray to the priest. Don't pray the, uh, to your mama and ask her to pray for you. Pray to the Father, pray our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And that's a lot of meat in there, but I won't focus on it. I'll focus on verse 10 that I'd like for you all to read along with me for your own hearing. The Bible says, read, thy kingdom come. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See that one more time. Ready? Read, thy kingdom come. Uh Uh-huh. 
So Jesus is saying, pray to the Father after you salute him and after you honor him and you praise him, request of him that his kingdom comes. Now, this is at a point in Jesus' ministry where he has started out by picking up where John the Baptist left, left off saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's within your reach or it's around you, it's attainable. And so as he has prayed or as he has preached to the people, repent, change your ways because the kingdom is in your reach. Now, before his sacrifice, he says, continue now to pray, Father, let your kingdom come and let your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Here's a point for you, a nugget for you to chew on before you repent or are willing to change your ways or are willing to be converted to, to uh, the ways of Jesus Christ. There's no way that you can receive the kingdom. For the kingdom is the king's domain. It's his dominion. It's his way of doing things. And so you cannot do things God's way and get God's results without first turning from your own ways. Oh, no, that's not that's, that's not my message for today, but I want you that, that that's free of charge. Take that chew on it and do what you want to do. So you can't paste the kingdom on top of your own kingdom. You can't paste the kingdom of heaven. You can't mix and mingle like the United States of America, an old melting pot. You can't melt together your ways and God ways. The Bible declares if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. There's a reason for that because the ways of the kingdom are much more better, much more lucrative. They are much more beneficial to those who are willing to let go of their ways and fully embrace the ways of the kingdom. Jesus said, pray your kingdom come and pray that your will is done. Wow. Uniquely, his kingdom and his will are co-partners, though they are not synonymous. They are co-partners. And so you can pursue kingdom and yet not pursue his will. Because his ways are one thing, but sometimes he'll give you a preceding word according to his ways. And yet if you stick on to the old ways, a.k.a. praying thy kingdom come after he's already fulfilled his work, you might be praying in error. Or praying vain sayings, as he said the Pharisees would pray. And so it's important, someone say it's important. To, to be able to hear what God is saying so that you can understand and pray in alignment with what he is saying. Now, that's all just a setup to understand, to bring us to this point that Jesus is showing the people of that day and time and that day and age that the way to pray is to pray that his kingdom comes and his will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So God, through Jesus, is explaining to us that he has always desired earth to look exactly like heaven. That's, that's an anchor point there now. He has always desired. The Bible says in Genesis chapter number one, it says that uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Goes on down to verse number uh, uh, um, uh, 26 and 28. And it talks about how God created man in his image after his likeness. His intent was always for man to be in his image after his likeness and dwell in an arena that looked like his arena so the earth was always intended to look like heaven heaven should not be a surprise to us when we get there we should be familiar with things we ought to be familiar we're gonna see trees in heaven right the 
Bible says that the streets are paved with gold, that there are gates to the city. It's, it's, it's not strange that the, that the word of God gives light to the fact that heaven uh, uh, is similar in, in description to the world that we now live in. And yet the difference, I believe, is that the will of God is always fulfilled in heaven. But perhaps the will of God is not always being fulfilled in the earth. And anywhere that the will of God is not fulfilled, that arena begins to change the way that it looks from the way that it was originally intended to look. Am I teaching good? Are y'all with me? I'm going somewhere today and I want you to go there with me. Here's the point. Heaven was always created or earth was originally created to look like heaven. Say that. Earth was supposed to look like heaven. And God was very particular and he was very intentional about making sure that that was the case from the beginning. Ask your neighbor, but how did he do it? Let's look in our Bibles in Genesis chapter number one. Man, I got a long ways to go and a little bit of time to get there. We might have a runover service today. We're just going to let y'all go out the back door and let the 11 o'clock come in the front door. Because this, I, I got to give you all of this one. Now. I got to give you this one. The Bible says, Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning, God did what? Oh, don't say that like you're not excited about it. You're living in it. Come on now. In the beginning, God did what? Uh huh. Goes on to say, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and spirit, uh, uh, and and the earth was without form and void. Excuse me, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Watch this. Here's the telltale. Here's how. Here's what I don't want you to miss about how God ensured that the earth, His creation, took the form of heaven. Big stuff. So that the earth, in His creation, took the form of heaven. Now I'm not saying heaven that earth is heaven, right? But I am saying the apple ought not fall far from the tree. You got it? So if you'll put uh, uh, if in First Corinthians, excuse me, in Genesis 1, I'm all over in the New Testament. Genesis 1, verse number 2. Put that up on the screen for me. It says, after the deep, it says what? And the, uh-huh. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Watch creation. The spirit, the breath of God, the wind of God moved. But what did it move on? The face of what? Waters. So you have spirit, which is intangible, and you have water that is tangible. You have spirit, which you can't see, and you have water, which you can see. You have spirit, which is of God, and you have water, which is of earth. The Bible talks about in uh, one of, I believe it's uh, one of John's letters, he says that uh, there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit, and there are three that bear witness in the earth. It is the Spirit, lowercase s, the, well, nonetheless, you can't touch it. Like M.C. Hammer said, you can't touch this. Uh, The Spirit, the water, and the blood. So, Spirit, water, blood, these are earthly elements got it so in order for God to create and ensure that earth looked like heaven he allowed his spirit to touch something that was tangible and next verse if you read verse number three what what does it say stop three words what 
we tend to put a, a separation between the spirit moving on water and God saying. But as I'm talking today, there is the breath of God that's on the inside of me. That's my lungs are expanding and releasing what's called spirit, breath, air. And it's going up through this thing called a vocal track. You can't see my breath. You can't touch my breath. But you can touch my vocal track. My mouth, my tongue, my voice box. Please don't ever touch it. But my point is, anytime the wind or the breath of God crosses earth and touches it, there's a sound that's created. I want to give you a picture of this. I want to give you a picture of this. Let me see this bottle here. So, so here's an example. Here's an example. Here is a vessel. Somebody say a vessel. This vessel in and of itself can make no sound. Right. Right? Watch this. This is breath. Breath in and of itself can make no sound. But when you combine the two, a sound is released. Got it? So God decides that in his releasing of his sound, as it rubs across the waters, that there was a sound was released. And that sound said, let there be. Now, our assumption, as I teach today, our assumption is that God formed his lips and spoke something and he specifically said the words, let there be. My submission to you today is God doesn't only speak English. And there were no English, whoa, and there were no English speaking people or beings present. So, literally speaking, he did not say the words L-E-T space T-H-E-R-E space B-E because he didn't have to say he wasn't speaking to humans at that point truth be told he was speaking to water now I understand why Revelation 1 and 15 says and, and his voice was as the sound of many y'all gotta know come on walk with me what am I trying to get you to see that God who is intangible who is unseen in and of himself and you're not going to like this you're going to say don't say that Mike but I got to get you to see how important you are to the equation of ensuring that the voice of God is heard in this present day and age but watch this you by yourself can't make a sound that creates anything Wind by itself, voice by itself, a breath rather by itself cannot produce a sound that creates anything. But when spirit connects with earth, there's a sound. Somebody say there's a sound. There's a sound that's released. There's a sound that's released. 
What am I trying to get you to understand? I want to give you an anchor statement for the day that you never forget. Watch this. Here we are. Somebody say, this is the year of the spoken word. Here it is. When supernatural moves upon natural, natural then releases a sound, get this, that legitimizes spirit in the earth. One time, I know that's heavy, right? When supernatural, better stated, unseen, releases or, or moves upon seen, yes, then seen gives legitimacy or makes lawful what you cannot see. Want to make a statement, okay? This is the anchor statement for the year. God's word is spiritual law. God's word is spiritual law. It absolutely rules everything unseen. You ready for the next one? Man's word is carnal law. It absolutely legitimizes and makes lawful everything in the earth. God formed it that way. Here's why. Understand it's all about words. Somebody say it's all about the word. Moses could only see so much. And so he said in the beginning God created. John came back and he said Moses you missed it. <laughs> in the beginning was the word. Y'all gonna make me worry Y'all want me to preach. I want to give you the answer, the key to life. I want to give you. John said you missed it. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. And everything that was made, there was nothing that was made that was made without word. So Moses, I know you can only see what you could see, but please ensure that the people understand that the reason that everything came to be was because the spirit moved on flesh and word showed up. Okay, so where are we going with this today? My question to you is what is the spirit of God moving on you to legitimize or to make lawful in the earth? What is God's Holy Spirit? See, we, we don't give God credit for what Jesus left with us called the promise of the Father. We don't give him we don't give him his full due about that because we could still be like Israel who was following a tent and, and the manifestation or the evidence was that the flame or that the cloud was still there showing us that God was with us. But we don't need a flame no more because there's Jeremiah said it's like fire. Now we got the flame in our bones. We don't need a cloud anymore because we have the evidence of, of, of God releasing out of us, not in cloud form. We don't even need precipitation because out of our bellies flow. What is God legitimizing through you in the earth? Think about that. Because whatever you say, If you put that image up there so they can see it, get, 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 get this picture now. God bound himself to ensure that whatever is legal in earth has to be legalized through something in earth. Got it? 
Somebody say, I'm important. Somebody say, I'm important. You're important to God. Watch. When the waters were sitting there, nothing was being said. Until the, the wind blew, until the spirit moved, and then there was an utterance, an utterance, an utterance. This earth now is on, it's on a rotation, right? I believe that the reason that the earth is still in orbit was because of how, 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 how powerful it was when the spirit moved. All the planets, listen to me, ain't none of them stopped spinning yet. Why? Because God moved. And so in their movement, they continue to perpetuate his wind. Oh, y'all making me work too hard. Listen to me. If there's no movement, there's no wind. If there's no movement, then there's no wind. Then therefore there's no sound. Then therefore there's no word. If you don't breathe, you can't speak. One of the Old Testament uh, uh, patriarchs said, dead men can't praise you. Why? Because ain't no more breath in their lungs. Old saints used to say, as long as there's breath in my body, I'm going to praise him. That's why we owe God praise. We owe to commend him. We can't just... We cannot be silent because we owe him according to the breath that is still in our body. We owe him to make a sound. Just teach today. Just teach today. So Ezekiel, a prophet, a spokesman for the kingdom of God in his day and time, he found himself in a valley of death, bones, dry bones. And in that valley of dry bones, he did not know what to watch, say to them to cause life funny you're a prophet but you don't know what to say you're a prophet but you don't know what to say the thing I like about that prophet though was that he said I got sense enough not to say nothing until he moves on me could it be could it be that the reason there might be mitigation or there might be a lessening of the potency of God in this present day and age is because people are speaking uh, based upon their own wind. And they're formulating a sound that does not come from heaven. And oddly, whatever the source of the sound is, God Whatever the source of the sound is, it takes on the responsibility to ensure that whatever sound is released comes to pass. So if you release your own sound in your world, it becomes your responsibility to make sure that it comes to pass. Y'all. But if you experience Acts chapter two, where suddenly there comes a sound, a sound that didn't come from you but it came to you and it brushed up against you and it caused you to it caused you to respond to his movement and make your own sound then whatever you say God is mandated to ensure that it comes to pass I gotta hurt Matthew Matthew 16 we talked about this last week we talked about 16 through 18 on last week and we came to grips with how watch this how Simon made a sound. 
And Jesus said, now I've been hearing them other jokers release a sound that didn't sound nothing like where I come from. He said, who do men say that I am? And they, they released the sound. Some say you're Isaiah. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're one of the prophets. That don't sound like where I came from, Jesus says. So he changes. He poses a different question. He says, well, I tell you what. In, in the next verse, he says, well, who do you say that I am? I love what Simon does in this moment because he didn't ask. Jesus didn't ask, who does my father say that I am? <laughs> he asked Simon, what are you going to legitimate in the earth right now? Are you going to continue to echo a lie that you've heard from a source that's not from heaven? Or are you going to permit God to be enthroned and established in the earth? Watch. Simon makes a decision. I'm not going to say what I heard from external. I'm going to say, watch, what I hear by the Spirit. God Almighty, if the church would just stop saying the first thing that comes to their mind, and if we would put ourselves in a place to die to flesh and hear from the Spirit and release what he says... Verse, verse 17, verse 17, and Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon, son of John. Why? Because flesh didn't make this sound on its own. This did not come from flesh and blood, but it came from who? Which is where? So the wind blew on Simon. Bishop Hartman used to say, Simon, the name Simon means a reed just blowing in the wind. No, no, I'm not just blowing in the wind. I'm receiving the wind and I'm echoing. Now I'm going to be a rock. And that's what the Bible says. If the rock, if, if you don't praise him, the rocks will be. Verse 18. So I say unto you, now you are Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Why? Because now this is not flesh speaking, but this is heaven speaking. This is water moving with the wind. Listen to me. If the wind don't blow, if the earth don't move, if the other planets and the moon does not rotate in orbit, then there will be no tide, therefore there will be no waves, therefore there will be no sound in the ocean. But because God's spirit moved, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. I'm going to show you how it happens. When I move, you move, and you move, and you move, and we're just going to keep this thing moving. Watch this. So when the spirit moved upon the face of the waters, God just kept on, 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 kept on. And I'm going to keep talking while God keep moving. I'm going to keep talking. Why God keep on moving, keep on moving, keep on moving. So there's a commotion that's stirring. At the football game, they call it the wave. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's just a movement that's steady current. What a movement at, what a movement at, what a movement at. I can't see no movement. I don't see no movement. When the spirit of God moves, movement is continual. But the evidence of the move, stay with me, is the sound. Watch, watch. You see how when one person bumped the next, they start laughing? That's just practical and comical. 
But anytime God moves, it's going to be a sound. Anytime God moves in the earth. See, wind can't make sound by itself. There's this concept called friction whereby the air must brush against an object. Then you hear the sound. Just yesterday here in Columbus, Phoenix City and the surrounding areas, we heard wind, but not just because wind was moving, but because wind was moving stuff. And the stuff that was moving, watch, the stuff that was moving wasn't necessarily the stuff that made the sound, but the stuff that was firmly planted like a rock. The wind would blow up against it and it would bump and friction and it would say, Somebody say, blow on me, Holy Ghost. And I'll be a rock that's firmly planted and I'll say what you said. I'll echo what you have released. I'll release a sound in the earth that lets all know that you've been there and everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But after all the shaking takes place, I'll be firmly planted, rooted like trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord God that shall not be moved. Last verse. Last verse. Last verse 19. Watch, watch, watch God. Watch Jesus. Watch Jesus. Watch the word. Watch the word. Watch the word. Verse 19. Jesus says, and I will give unto you keys of the kingdom. And what will the keys do? The keys will cause that it will cause you when you bind things in earth. Heaven will say, that's right. We agree. We agree. We agree. And whatever you loose on earth, watch this. We want God to speak in the earth, but God wants us to speak at his command. Truth be told, God don't want to have to perform the miraculous of breaking what we have known to be lose of past, rules of past time and speak audibly into the earth. He created you to be lords of the earth for you to speak so he don't have to. All I came to tell you today is what you doing with your keys? What you doing with your keys? What you doing with your keys? You've been granted keys to the kingdom. Same kingdom that we referenced in Matthew 16. Yeah, Matthew. No, Matthew 6 and 10. Same kingdom. That Jesus said, pray that it comes. Not so that God can do miraculous things, but so God can through you. Show. What did Matthew, what did Matthew say Jesus said in Matthew 5? Let your light so shine. That men will see. Don't miss that. That men will see. They won't look to heaven to see what's going on. They'll look to you. And your works will be so heavenly. That they'll see you. And they'll say my God. I have to stop there for the sake of time. But I promise you. This is the year of the spoken word. Whatever you create with your mouth, and we're going to get here maybe next month. Whatever you create with that great tool of life and death, Proverbs 18 and 21. I'm going to have to hit that next, next service. 
you'll create life or you'll create, you have the power to cause things to be into existence. Listen to me. Whatever you say, I wish I had time. You're going to have whatever you say. Listen to me. Whatever you say. Whatever you say. I'm opening it up. I told you, we, I, I did say this would be a runover service, didn't I? Maybe I just need to go ahead and run on, see what the end going to be. <laughs> I, she said I said it, didn't I? Well, I'm going to take it back. I'm going to take it back. Give you something to come back next week and feast with us. But understand, the Spirit of God is moving on the inside of you, trusting that you're going to open up your mouth and release his sound through the form of the spoken word. And when you do, you will have whatever you say. Wow, what a message. What a word, man. I just love God's word. It's so empowering, so impactful. Causes us to be exactly what God wants us to be. I hope you enjoyed that message. As a matter of fact, if you'd like to catch us via our live stream, you can do so by going to our website, www.michaelgrantministries.net, on Sundays at 11.30 a.m. or Tuesdays at 7.15 p.m., both Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, I pray that you stay strong in your faith and in all that God is speaking in your life, you have exactly what you say.